Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Mentally yours, from Ellen and a bed. A focus on your mental health, you surely won't regret. It's mentally, 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 mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Mentally yours. Hi, Becca. Welcome to Mentally Yours. Hello. <laughs> are a tech journalist so I would imagine because of that you must have a strong relationship with tech can you tell us about kind of how it started like what was the first bit of tech that came into your life were you immediately like yes I love this (laughs) what's your relationship with tech and how did it start yeah so writing the book made me think okay what was it like what was the first little gadget or thing that I had as a kid um, and what I really remember is a Tamagotchi. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I remember, um, I think I must have maybe been in like the last year of primary school when they were like big over here. And I just remember being, yeah, just thinking about it all the time. And I'd, I'd sit with my friends in like a little circle and we'd all feed our Tamagotchis in silence. So um, it's funny kind of thinking about uh, our relationship with phones nowadays in that mm. like I was still doing, some, we were doing something similar back then, you know, that kind of compulsion to check and be tending to it constantly. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the first thing. And then uh, I also, I found this adorable little photo of myself when I must have been about eight um, showing like the camera on Christmas morning, this like tiny little kid's laptop. Um, oh yeah. So I remember that. And um, a really cute thing that my, uh, my boyfriend did when the book launched was he actually um, found an old one. So I have this little thing called the little talking scholar, which I say it's a laptop. You just like put little cards in the side and then it plays songs and you have to press buttons and things like that. Um, but that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I'll, I'll, I'll send a little video of it for you so you can yeah, see what I'm talking about later. Um, I could keep telling stories about being a kid and just being fascinated by tech. And it, it, there was just so much. And also, you know, still to this day and back then, I just love science fiction as well. So not only was I kind of loving playing 
with tech, uh, you know, for play, but I was also like watching future tech on the screen. So I don't think it's any like surprise that I became a tech journalist because I do have this kind of deep love and fascination with, with all things technology, really. Well, that's the kind of like cool bit of technology. Yeah. <laughs> on to the maybe less <laughs> cool bit. Um, so obviously your book, Screen Time, kind of explores how your relationship with tech can become less healthy and mm. maybe people need to reassess that. Did, did you realize that your relationship with tech wasn't so healthy? What was that kind of like changing moment for you? Yeah. Um, so I was, I was trying to kind of think back to when that first feeling of like, okay, this isn't, this isn't right um, happened. I mean, it was probably like um, in my mid teens when I used to play a lot of video games and mm. you lost like a lot of time. Like I, I write about it in the book, but I, I genuinely like lost sleep thinking about um, like um, Tomb Raider. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I, I think I was around 14 or 15 when I got my first phone. And again, I remember just sending so many text messages. Text messages were just incredible. Um, and then, uh, I was very into like MySpace in my late teens. And again, I think I spent just, it, it was the time, it was the time and the energy and looking back at kind of MySpace as an example, I actually think it was really beneficial too. Um, mm. I grew up in like such a tiny, boring town and I felt like MySpace when I was like 17, 18 and just like, I don't know, kind of finding myself and my identity and all that was was actually really important but at the same time it, I, it probably did stop me from like interacting in person sometimes I think mm. I probably did like stay in to talk to people on my space rather than go out occasionally um which you know I can very much see some of that same thinking today or kind of you know more recently when you're talking about you know back when you in your teens and you started going on myspace and all of that yeah were your family like concerned or did they kind of go like oh it's normal because I remember that my parents were very much like this is weird <laughs> <laughs> we don't really get what you're doing and it was a big point of worry I think yeah god that's a really interesting question I'm not sure um mm. Yeah, I remember I remember having to share obviously like the computer and the internet with my brother and I remember that being a big contentious issue. <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> but no, I don't know. I don't actually remember what my parents thought. I don't think they really could grasp what I was even doing on there, mm. you know? Um but yeah, that's interesting. Maybe I'll have to yeah. ask them if they even you knew should. about it. Honestly, because yeah. I just remember so vividly cuz I think both of us were kind of teens when, you know, the internet became a thing. Yeah. Video games and people, there was a lot of kind of moral panic about Mm. like, what is this doing to our youth? Um, It's really interesting how that's kind of then kind of come full circle. We're still worrying about that. Yeah. (laughs) So I think obviously you went from that kind of personal relationship to tech being your work. And also you have all the normal kind of common work stuff of emails and constant messages and always being on have you found that difficult and how has that impacted your mental well-being yeah I have and um I think I do I'm such a people pleaser um so (laughs) I think you know just things like you know um as a journalist you'll know this but the amount of kind of press releases I get is Mm -hmm. insane and um I remember when I first started writing I would like reply to everyone and I remember telling a journalist friend and she was like, what? <laughs> but yeah. I was like, well, I can't leave people hanging. And like, you know, maybe not everyone, but everyone that felt like they, you know, they'd tried, they'd put my name or whatever. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, I think I'm really bad for just letting, um, seeing notifications or emails or whatever, and then kind of just getting back to them when I want to. So that's been a real, um, learning curve for me. I've had to kind of set boundaries about when I look and, and, and what I look at. Um, and I know that's really different for everyone because a big thing I write about in the book a lot and a lot of people, it works for them is kind of turning off notifications and things. And I absolutely do that. Sometimes I put on like airplane mode on my phone when I need to focus, but often that makes me just even more kind of, uh, I was going to say itchy, uh, but you know, when that feeling of like, Oh God, what's happening? What am I missing yeah. out on? Yeah. So I think there's a real sense of actually what works for one person doesn't work for everyone. Um, and this will sound so kind of counter, uh, uh, what am I trying to say? Counterintuitive, but I actually wear like a smartwatch that sends me notifications when they come in now, which I found having it on my wrist and just seeing some things there actually stops mm. me from looking at my phone all the time or opening a new tab because I kind of know it's there, but I don't have to look at it. Um, and I think that would drive some people crazy, but for me, that's, that's worked. Um, See, for me, that sounds like it makes perfect sense because right. I feel very much the same. If it's off, I don't know what's happening. Like yeah. there could be like 20 notifications. I could yeah. be getting loads of calls and that's really anxiety. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. And, and so I think a big part of this has been kind of, and writing the book too, has kind of been picking bits of advice and just saying mm. this could work for you, but th- if this doesn't, then try this. And because there is no kind of one answer, which I know whenever anyone asks me like kind of what we, what can we do? Yeah. It's like, oh, there is no one answer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Have you tried any of the kind of like common methods and did you find them at all helpful? Like I know people will say, you know, go cold turkey or keep your phone out of your room or do like inbox zero have you tried all of those kind of things? Yeah, I think I think for for a long time I was very like, okay, this feels bad for me, therefore mm-hmm. I need to cut it out of my life, you know? And that kind of same black and white thinking is actually in a lot of other areas of my life. So that's <laughs> you know, that's something I, I I really actively try and address. But yeah, for 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 tech especially, you know, the nature of my job just staying and staying connected to people and all those things. Like I've tried deleting certain apps um, and I've tried like locking my phone away and, you know, all all kinds of crazy shit really. And yeah, none of it worked because I was just thinking about what might be happening or what I'm missing out on. And obviously like, you'll know this, but that, that idea of like, oh, well, I'm actually missing out on good like story fodder and Mm. ideas. And, you know, I need to know what's going on and I need to know what people are talking about because that's how I like feed my creativity and come up with pitches and things. So, so yes, I have, I feel like I have tried kind of everything there is out there, but I've always felt it was too, yeah, too black and white. What made you want to try those things in terms of, did you notice that your kind of stress levels were rising as a result of all the time on tech or do you feeling anxious? Um, yeah, I think a mixture. Um, I, I think, I think actually, um, it was that kind of feeling of wasting time and then the kind of self-flagellation and guilt of wasting all the time. Um, which I actually, I found when I was writing the book, I found a study that said kind of exactly that, that actually, the time we spend, uh, God, I, I'm going to have to, yeah, I'm paraphrasing this, but like the time we spend on tech isn't half as bad as like how bad we feel about doing it. So it's like, um, mm. I can't think of like the proper psychological term for that, but I think it's like a secondary emotion or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I found that I was doing that a lot, feel, feeling really, 
you know, just really guilty. Um, and then for me specifically, um, I've got a whole chapter in the book on body image because I've, uh, you know, I've had problems with kind of eating and body image for a lot of my life. And I realized that I was just really fueling that. Um, not that long ago, probably about five or six years ago, I was just, everything I followed was just about health and fitness. And I went through a very kind of wellness phase and it was all clean eating and things like that. And um, I I had kind of a real wake up call with that as well. Um, So I know not everyone maybe have that experience, but I could tell that I, and if you'd have asked me at the time, I'd have thought I was actually doing something great. Um, Mm. But yes, that was causing me a lot of kind of problems that I didn't realize were there, I think as well. I like what you said about kind of the feelings I'm now going to try and paraphrase your paraphrase. <laughs> the, the feelings of guilt um, are worse than the actual thing itself. Because I yes. think that's so, I'm kind of relieved that you say that because I spend mm. a lot of time going, oh, I can't believe I've wasted like all day just doing things on Twitter or like just yeah. nonsense. So it's reassuring that you say that. Yeah. And I, I you know, I think that's maybe... Okay, I'm not saying that uh, a lot of us shouldn't use our tech a bit less or think about yeah. different ways to use it, but I think so much of our kind of distress around it, probably especially this past year when really like if if we spent way too much time on tech, like who cares, you know, mm. um, we would just survive in something really awful. Um, so yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think everyone needs to kind of, oh God, I was going to say be kinder to ourselves, but I, I hate the whole be kind thing, but you know what I mean, like. <laughs> It's a cliche, but it's good advice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So stop judging ourselves, I think. I mean, yeah. I know that's easy to say, but it's, you know, yeah. Well, that kind of leads on to my next question, which is I think there's so much kind of fear mongering about the impact of tech. Like we'll see a mm. lot of reports being like, you know, social media is wrecking your brain and all of that. Yeah. Do you think there are kind of risks to that kind of, you know, promotion of the idea that tech is this horrible, dangerous thing? Um, yeah. And, uh, okay. So I think, I think there's, there's so much to it. Um, mm. and like, so I think the first thing is that like, yes, elements of tech, you know, especially kind of social media platforms that, you know, that they're, they're not there for just us to enjoy them. They are mm. collecting data. They, um, are showing us ads and things like that. So I think there's like, I think we just need to kind of like have some healthy realism about like, they're not inherently good, but they're not inherently bad either. So I think, and I think there are a couple of, um, yeah, there are a couple of reasons why that's not great. And obviously like the first one would just be that we lose out on, on what is good. So, um, you know, using tech to de-stress or connect with people, using it for work, things like that. Um, so we miss out on the good stuff if we say it's all bad. And, but also we miss out on like, um, finding the finding the nuance and the specific behaviors because like your phone isn't bad and even like kind of Facebook isn't bad but it's it's certain things on that platform that might not be making you feel great so is it like um is it is it bullying or is it like constant access to like images of people's bodies and faces or is it that just you spend too much time on it generally and or is it that it stops you from doing other things so I think by saying kind of by making those big kind of bold kind of slight sensationist claims we're kind of missing out on the really important stuff that will actually help us have a better relationship with it um and I think also you know 
a lot of the kind of a lot of the talk about like uh like deleting Facebook for example mm. I think it kind of forgets how many people really need that like who who don't have like offline communities um as much as like you you and I might have um so I think I think that's a big point as well um realizing how important it is to people so I mean oh my god there's so much I just said so much but yes so I think no, even no, though yeah please don't worry I'm just listening and being like oh that's so interesting <laughs> I'm not going like oh she's still talking um I think what you're saying about you know actually having a kind of more nuanced take on it mm. is really valuable and I think also you're right about it being more of a case-by-case thing because for me you know tech is I I couldn't quit any of the tech or any of the social media because it's my job yes whereas for other people it is very much like it's helpful for them it's a Mm. place of support I think um what is it for you if if any do you find any parts of the internet personally helpful for your mental well-being yeah okay so yeah that's that's so funny everything I've spoken to people about has been so like skewed the other way it's like okay yes Mm. what is helpful um yeah I I love um, things that are kind of um, creative and all about like mm. colors and images. So I'm obsessed with Pinterest. Um, yeah. I really like that for everything, um, especially for kind of like mood boards around new projects and things like that. So I feel like it's genuinely helpful. I feel like I've trained that specific algorithm now to know what I like. So I don't get like um, weight loss recipes anymore or like all kinds of interiors crap um that I used to get on there Mm. um so I think that's genuinely helpful and I think um I know I know it feels like we shouldn't have to put so much effort into like curating things but at the same time I think Instagram has actually become quite helpful for me um because I just had the biggest clear out of everything like wellness health and fitness related Mm. and then just um do follow a couple of kind of uh more I'm not going to say anti-diet but more like intuitive eating um and Mm. intuitive fitness accounts I find that's been really um really good for me I do and I think that's a point that I do have to be careful with that though because I often find that um if I follow too many like good for me health and fitness stuff my mind is still preoccupied with health and fitness stuff if you get what I mean so even though it's not as damaging as other things that I've deleted in the past it's still keeping it at the forefront of my mind so I think there's a fine balance there. Has writing your book made you very analytical about your own relationship with tech? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> any Just listening I was like hmm, interesting. <laughs> yeah. and any tab I open or anything I do I'm like uh, oh, well actually especially things like um, learning more about the little kind of tricks and things that make mm. us like look at social media all the time like there's this thing called like the variable reward schedule where it's like the reason one of the many reasons many reasons that like we might want to check Instagram as soon as we've had this call is because we don't know whether there might be like no likes 10 or 100 so mm-hmm. it's the fact that it's always like an unknowable kind of number and like when I learned learned all about that um every time I logged onto an app or something, I was like, oh God, I'm just falling for it. I'm doing it. I'm, ah, um, <laughs> yeah. What else did your, did the experience of writing the book kind of teach you? And did you, did it make you change anything? One of the reasons I wrote the book really was because, you know, like I said before, I felt like not only was my thinking really black and white, but I think a lot of the other advice and books mm. out there are quite black and white as well um and have very specific kind of steps to follow and, and and tips and things like that and I really wanted to provide a like okay this isn't what 
you do to stop checking your phone, but let's talk about why you keep checking your phone. Um, yeah. so like adding the kind of context and research and stuff like that. So it was all about kind of nuance, balance, something in the middle, but really like serendipitously, I, all the research kind of pointed to that in, in, in every respect, you know, in terms of like, um, I don't talk about um, children and teens that much in the book because I feel like it's quite a separate, bit, very big issue in yeah. some ways. But even with children and teens, um, there's, there's such a kind of, is it correlation or causation kind of um, thing? And, and with adults as well, but especially with teens. Like, so what I mean is like, um, uh, I'm being quite general here, but like, does Facebook cause depression or do people who are more uh, wait <laughs> are people who are more depressed more likely to spend more time on Facebook um and we and like we actually don't know 100% mm. either way um so yeah writing the book made me realize there there is all this stuff we don't know so much nuance and gray area and and, and everyone being so different um mm. so yeah yeah it kind of um, sounds a bit smug but it like proved my point for writing the book which was great <laughs> Oh, that's that's not smug. You, you, you knew what you were talking about, and you were correct. Yeah, that sounds better. I'll say yeah. that next time. <laughs> yeah, I think it's an, it's a difficult area to explore. I'm sure this is the same with all psychology. I'm not a scientist, but um, <laughs> it's it's difficult because you're not able to kind of morally test mm. it. You can't just go like, oh, okay, let's see if this person gets more depressed if we force yeah. them to spend time on Facebook. Yeah, um, and there's and there's so much interesting stuff um, around that as well. So I found mm. quite a lot of research about the research because a lot of the research around how we use tech is like self-reported. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just people saying, uh, you know, I mean, the, the scales are pretty thorough, but like that I felt this level of bad today and then this level, I shouldn't say bad, you know what I mean. I, yeah. I felt this level of kind of depression today and this tomorrow. But uh, that all depends on kind of like when you ask people and how you ask mm. people. And, and we both know that like mental health can be just so subjective and how you feel. And so even that, even the nature of the research is very uh, I don't want to say shaky, but it, it's not conclusive. Yeah, it's complicated. Yeah, it's, it's going to be very difficult. And also because I think what you're saying as well, even about time of day, mm. is it's. I think how do I put this? When we were teenagers, and when we started with the internet, yeah, um, I would always have like, okay, I'm at school, then I come home, and I have some like dedicated internet time. <laughs> now it's never not internet time yeah you're always on the internet um so it's so much more difficult to kind of draw that causation thing because life is happening at the same time absolutely yeah that's such a good point yeah yeah it's it's impossible because like similar of if you're staying up late every night and you're tired but you also happen to be scrolling yes you're gonna feel rubbish Uh is that the text fault or is that because you're not sleeping yes (laughs) exactly yes yeah yeah anyway with internet addiction that Mm. was one thing I wanted to ask you about I know this isn't a registered kind of official issue yet but Mm. it's something that people are talking about a lot do you think it's a serious thing is this a growing problem and should we be concerned about it um yeah, it is so difficult because mm. so many people have so many different views on this. And um, I wrote like pretty much a whole chapter on that in the book, but 
when I was writing, I was like, I could write a book on this in itself. <laughs> um, so yeah, like you said, like right now, it's not something official that like is in the uh, DSM and w- we can officially diagnose. That, that doesn't mean that it won't be soon. Um, mm. But I think similar to kind of what we were saying before about like, um, is, you know, the problems with thinking tech is like inherently bad, that um, with addiction, it's like, what are we actually talking about? Because mm. it's not really like a, a phone addiction. So like the actual piece of, you know, the thing you can hold in your hand is a phone. It's more around the behavior. So the, um, I can't remember his name right now, but there's a really great researcher who says that, uh, yeah, yeah, sure, elements of things that you can do on the internet and on your phone are addictive, but we need to divide them up into behaviors to better understand them. Um, so, I mean, some of the really obvious ones would be like porn and gambling, but even right now we don't really have one for like that compulsive checking of notifications and things like that, which I know a lot of people do consider to be, you know, that's the addictive element. Mm. Um, and then, you know, what, what goes on in our brains when we want to check and want to look and, and want that, those kind of rewards is similar to much more serious addictions but it, it, it's not quite the same. So it's still, anytime I talk about dopamine, I feel like I should caveat it with dopamine is so complicated and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to try and explain it. But um, uh, in the book, I kind of, I, I simplify it a bit and say that kind of the, the reward, the idea of getting a reward and the feeling of getting the reward and the dopamine hit that that gives us, you know, is similar to maybe like um, uh, taking hard drugs or something like mm. that. But it, but it could never be as as strong as that. And it never affects our dopamine system kind of in the same way, but it is kind of the same thing at play. So yeah, it's complicated. And I think I kind of argue in the book, I'm not sure how helpful saying it's addiction is because Mm -hmm. I think then we, 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 you know, we, we use the kind of terms of like things being toxic and we have to detox, which again, I'm not sure is really helpful but I'm very of the mindset that like this could all change and we, we could have a very rigorous way of diagnosing it soon. But at least right now, um, I'm not sure how helpful it is, but I do totally understand why people use that term, at least even if it's colloquially, you know. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm very much of the, it's just me rambling now, I'm very <laughs> much of the opinion of, I like your phraseolo- phraseology of saying like an unhealthy relationship with it. Because mm. I think um, tech is very similar to food in a sense yes, and kind of diet yeah. and eating you have to eat yeah you're gonna have to engage with it it's not like with alcohol or drugs where the method for dealing with that addiction is going to be cold turkey you can completely mm. cut it out or go towards that you can't do that with food or tech you have yeah. to work out a way to associate yourself with it healthily I th- I think that's so true. Yeah. And I often, um, I had to take them out actually, because I'd made so many comparisons to like food <laughs> and tech in the book that it was like, this is getting ridiculous. But yeah, and you're so right. And even the things we've been saying about some of the benefits of tech, mm. it's the same with food. Like, yeah, like you say, we have to eat. And so it's just about how to, uh, yeah, how to do it in a way that is kind of better for us. And mm. yeah. And that's working for us, basically. I think yes, yeah. Because um, my next question is, what are the signs that someone maybe isn't having an unhealthy relationship? Because I think that sometimes it can be difficult to step back and assess and go, actually, this isn't working for me. What are some signs that maybe someone should 
think about changing their relationship with tech? Yeah, I guess. Um, okay, so I think there are probably like some some more obvious ones, like um, if it's disrupting work. And I know, I know, we'd probably say like, well, we check Instagram all the time, <laughs> so of course it is. But like, if it's probably stopping you from working, and that's mm. where um, sometimes I'm not sure how much benefit people actually get from like the tracking apps about like what you mm. opened and how long for. But they can actually be quite beneficial for like figuring out where you're actually at um, and whether you are spending as much time as you think you are on tech. Um, Because, you know, uh, again, comparing it to eating, but I remember that being a really big thing when I was kind of um, in recovery for um, an eating disorder. It was like we think we're, you know, people maybe think they're binging or eating more than they ever actually are but their mentality is that they are um so I think probably tracking uh tracking how much time you spend on tech is important in that sense to kind of figure it figure it out and then um I just think it's so kind of it's so linked to our mental health like um so I like using the example of me realizing that what I was doing on Instagram, following all the kind of health fitness wellness accounts was really damaging, kind of wouldn't have known that if I wasn't seeking an official diagnosis for eating problems mm. on the side. And I know that's probably really unhelpful for anyone to hear because they're like, okay, so I have to figure out what's going on with my own mental health to find out if there's a problem with tech. But I just think they're so you know, they're so very, very linked. If someone listening is going, actually, I might have an unhealthy relationship with tech, what are the kind of next steps? Because I think your book and what you say is maybe don't go straight to the, what you should do mm. of like gimmicks of this is what you do with your phone at night and all of that. Yeah. What are the next steps though of like, I want to make a change? Okay. So I, I think like the first thing would be that, that mindset shift of like, okay, there is no miracle cure and could I just be kind of kinder and less judgmental to myself? So I think that's probably is like the first kind of step um, and accepting that it's really different for everyone. Then there are kind of just some like simple things. Like we've already spoken about turning notifications off. Mm. As I said, that doesn't really work for me, but I know that can be huge for some people because they can just focus on one thing. And if, if notifications aren't coming in, then then they just focus on what they're meant to be focusing on. Like I'm really envious of those people, but some people, <laughs> some people are, 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 are like that. Um, and then um, something else uh, I touch on a bit in the book is kind of taking advantage of when you feel okay and like preparing yourself for when you don't. So I think I call it something like an emotional tech toolkit or something in the book (laughs) makes me cringe a bit now but um um like kind of creating playlists and creating folders and things you might need on your phone for when you're not feeling great Mm. I think that's quite a good suggestion but then also that that involves kind of blocking and following muting and really being diligent about stuff like that um because you know again coming back to my um like food related issues I don't think I'd ever like muted like weight loss or things like that on Twitter until like a year ago and doing things like that and being really strict with it has actually been really beneficial. Um, So I think kind of whatever that is for you, you're not going to miss out on anything, you know, (laughs) just, Mm. and I really, I'm, I'm really not a big believer in kind of like just sticking it out. If something's genuinely causing you distress, Um, just get rid of anything. Um, or mute anyone um so I'm yeah I'm quite strict about that (laughs) um and then uh I I guess and I I don't always like telling people to try and be mindful because it feels very vague but I think 
trying to kind of tap into what it is that makes you feel good and what Mm. doesn't as much as you can to try and get into that um like we said before about uh Facebook as an example not being inherently bad but is it that this certain person who's on it is it this certain content is it uh looking at photos so really trying to figure out what what that is for you and then taking steps yeah no I think I I know there's a part in your book and I think I can't remember the specific study but it was saying that it's not necessarily using these social media sites but not being engaged on them oh yeah actively engaged it's much better for you um so maybe it's it's just being conscious yes yeah yeah. yeah. And that was one I meant to say that earlier because um mm. that was something that I didn't know. Mm. And I do all the time. Like I when I'm feeling down, I, I just don't want to engage with anything, but I'm there staring at it. I'm scrolling yeah. and scrolling and scrolling. And it's so obvious to me now that I'm almost can realize that I'm scrolling and then realize that I'm in a bad mood or one informs the other sometimes. And it's just mm. Yeah, that's yeah. That was a real big revelation for me. That bit. <laughs> yeah, it's a game. I think also I can't remember who said this, but a while back, someone was saying to me, "You should just take a pause with whatever you're doing mm. and going. Is this making me feel good? Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Which sounds so like simple and silly, but like it makes such a difference. So this is goodbye from mentally If you've been affected by any of the issues we've discussed today, you can give the Samaritans and Ring on 116123. If you like Mentally Yours, you can also find us on Twitter. We're at MentallyYRS. We also have a lovely Facebook group, which is just called Mentally Yours. And if you really liked us, you could do us a massive favour and give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's much appreciated, uh, helps us, you know, continue doing what we're doing. So please do rate and review and check back in next week for more Mentally Yours. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.